Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. This is episode 46, Catholicism. This is going to be a two or three part uh, series because there's a lot to cover in here. But what we're going to cover today is what Catholics believe about who God is. So first of all, we have definitions of what a God is, right? In the Oxford Dictionary, it says the one that is deified or idolized. In the Cambridge Dictionary, it says a God is a spirit or a being believed to control some part of the universe or life and often worshipped for doing so, or it is a representation of this being, i.e. an idol. The Encyclopedia Britannica says that a God is a spirit or being that has great power, strength, knowledge, etc., and that can affect nature and the lives of people, one of various spirits or beings worshipped in some religions. There's a common theme here that a god is one that is worshipped for their powers and their abilities, right? So what is worship? The Oxford Dictionary again says it is to show reverence and adoration for, to honor with religious rites. That means religious practices, ceremonies, or specific rituals that are done over and over again out of reverence and adoration. Now, the Cambridge Dictionary says to have or show a strong feeling of respect and admiration for the God um, or to a religious ceremony. So that is what worship is, and that is what a God is, and that's what human beings for all time have always believed when they talk about a God. A lot of times you'll hear me say big G, that's the God of the universe. You'll hear me talk about little G gods, you know, little gods, fake gods, demons, people who make up gods and things like that, that aren't really the one God of the universe. Okay. So what do Catholics believe about who God is? Well, I want you to know I went to the Vatican for this. Okay. This is not something that I just make up or I just got a Catholic friend tell me I actually went to the Vatican.va archives and I got the catechism and I dug into the things that they believe and what the popes, the different popes and the founding fathers of the church had actually said. Okay. But they believe in God, the father. And this is a direct quote from the Vatican. It says, Jesus himself affirms that God is the one Lord whom you must love with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. At the same time, Jesus gives us to understand that he himself is the Lord. To confess that Jesus is Lord is distinctive of Christian faith. This is not contrary to belief in the one God, nor does believing in the Holy Spirit as Lord and giver of life introduce any division into the one God. This is still the Catholic Church talking. We firmly believe and confess without reservation that there is only one true God, eternal, infinite, immensus, and unchangeable, incomprehensible, almighty, and ineffable. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, three persons indeed, but one essence, substance, or nature, entirely simple. Basically what that's saying is they believe in God the Father, who is a trinity. One God, whose Godhead... The one Lord is the Father, but also there is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So that is consistent with the Bible. The next thing that they say they believe in is Jesus Christ. And again, a direct quote from their website, it says, The title Son of God signifies the unique and eternal relationship of Jesus Christ to God his Father. He is the only Son of the Father. He is God himself. To be a Christian, one must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they list Bible verses on that one. John 1, 14, John 3, 16, Acts 8, 37, John 1, 1, 
1 John 2.23, and I'll quote some of these later to you. But that is absolutely what the Bible says. Jesus Christ is the only Son of God. So that is absolutely true. Then the, the Vatican continues and says that they believe in the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I'll quote from them again. They say, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The Spirit unveils Christ to us, and those who believe in Christ know the Spirit because he dwells with them. Now, they also quote some Bible verses here, and I want to read these to you because these come straight from the Vatican, but they're out of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. No one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So the Catholic Church has got that right. Then they say the spirit unveils Christ to us. John 16, 13 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. And that is absolutely true. And then they say, we who believe in Jesus Christ have the Holy Spirit dwelling with us. So I've added verse 16 here for context so you know what's going on. Jesus is talking. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And then this is the verse that the Catholic Church uses is John 14, 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So the Catholic Church has got that totally right. And, and notice these things, when, when they are quoting from the Scripture, you really can't deny it. When the Catholic Church says that and the Bible says it, they're spot on, right? But then they added this in this catechism, line 688, without any verses from the Bible to back it up. And this is what the Vatican says. They believe in the church. A communion living in the faith of the apostles, which she transmits, is the place where we know the Holy Spirit. In the scriptures, he, the Holy Spirit, inspires. In the tradition to which the church fathers are always timely witnesses. So, without any Bible reference, they're now saying elevating traditions that the church fathers say are now equal to the Holy Spirit. And then this is a big one. The next one says, in the church's magisterium, which he assists. Again, nowhere in the Bible does it say that there are certain people in the church who will speak for God. And then they say in the sacramental liturgy through its words and symbols in which the Holy Spirit puts us into communion with Christ. So nowhere in the Bible does it say the words and symbols of the sacraments and the church liturgy are actually communion with Christ. Nowhere does it say to use symbology in the Bible. Okay. And then they continue on talking about prayer and ministry and things like that. And magisterium refers to the teaching authority of the church formed by the bishops. It is one of the three sources that the church believes gives them authority from God. So the church believes the authority from God is scripture, the bishops of the church, and tradition. Whatever traditions they choose to form and start doing regardless of whether it's in the scriptures. little suspicious there, I would say. All right. Now, the other thing that the Catholic Church believes about God is the Holy Catholic Church. I'm reading directly from the Vatican, okay? The Holy Spirit, whom Christ the head pours out on his members, builds, animates, and sanctifies the church. 
She is the sacrament of the Holy Trinity's communion with men. So right there, the Catholic Church has elevated their church to now be a sacrament of the Holy Trinity without any Bible verses to back it up. They just tell you, so you have to believe it. Continuing, it says, The article concerning the church also depends entirely on the article about the Holy Spirit, which immediately precedes it. Indeed, having shown that the Spirit is the source and giver of all holiness, we now confess that it is He, the Holy Spirit, who has endowed the church with holiness. So now they're saying, not only do you have to believe us, but we are holy. So continuing on, it says, The church is, in a phrase used by the fathers, the place where the Spirit flourishes. To believe that the church is holy and Catholic, and that she is one and apostolic, as the Nicene Creed adds, is inseparable from belief in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now they're telling you, if you believe in God, you must believe in the Catholic Church and the Pope and the bishops and the hierarchy. Because it's inseparable from belief in God. So they have just elevated the church to the exact same level as God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It gets worse. Line 780 says, The church in this world is the sacrament of salvation. Now it's not enough that you believe the church is holy, that they can give you communion with God, but now you must believe that they are equal with God and that if you're not a member of the Catholic Church, you can't go to heaven. Who's giving you salvation now? Jesus Christ or the Catholic Church? The next thing that they say is that they believe in Mary. Quote, Mary's role in the church is inseparable from her union with Christ and flows directly from it. This union of the mother with the son in the work of salvation. Now Mary is added to salvation. It's not through Jesus. It's through the union of the mother Mary with Jesus for salvation. Is made manifest from the time of Christ's virginal conception up to his death. It is made manifest above all at the hour of his passion. And continuing on, they say, Thus the Blessed Virgin advanced in her pilgrimage of faith and faithfully persevered in her union with her son unto the cross. There she stood in keeping with the divine plan, enduring with her only begotten son the intensity of his suffering. So, first of all, Mary did not have only one son. The Bible says that James was the brother of Jesus. Mary had other children. She was not a virgin after she had Jesus. They're lying to you there. Then it says, Enduring with her only begotten son the intensity of his suffering, joining herself with his sacrifice in her mother's heart, and lovingly consenting to the immolation of his, this victim born of her. So now they're saying it is not the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that saves you, but the sacrifice of Jesus Christ with his mother who consented to it, meaning she gave her permission for this to happen. Which means if it weren't for Mary, you wouldn't have salvation because she consented to his death on the cross. Continue on. After her son's ascension, Mary aided the beginnings of the church by her prayers in her association with the apostles and several women. We also see Mary by her prayers imploring the gift of the Spirit, which had already overshadowed her in the Annunciation. Also in her Assumption, finally the Immaculate Virgin, preserved free from all stain of original sin, so now she's perfect and holy like God, 
when the course of her earthly life was finished, was taken up body and soul into heavenly glory and exalted by the Lord as queen over all things. So now they're giving her the title of queen of heaven so that she might be the more fully conformed to her son, the Lord of Lords and conqueror of sin and death. In giving birth, you kept your virginity, they say about Mary. In your dormition, you did not leave the world, O mother of God, but were joined to the source of life. You conceived the living God and by your prayers will deliver our souls from death. So it is Mary that delivers us from the second death, not Jesus, not God the Father. No, no, the queen of heaven. So this is a goddess that they believe in that's in heaven now. And then continue on. They say she is our mother in the order of grace. Her role in relation to the church and to all humanity goes still further. In a holy, singular way, she cooperated by her obedience, faith, hope, and burning charity in the Savior's work of restoring supernatural life to souls. For this reason, she is a mother to us in the order of grace. So they believe that Mary restores supernatural life to the souls. All right. They're referring to being born of the spirit that Jesus talked about. That she is the one that gives life, not Jesus Christ. Last thing they say is, in brief, by pronouncing her fiat at the Annunciation and giving her consent to the Incarnation. So now Jesus didn't even get to be born without her consent. She is much more powerful than God. Mary was already collaborating with the whole work her son was to accomplish. She is mother wherever he is savior and head of the mystical body. We believe that the Holy Mother of God, the new Eve, mother of the church, continues in heaven to exercise her maternal role on behalf of the members of Christ. I'm sorry, I can't stomach that nonsense. This is some false teaching. It's horrible. All right, let's look at what the Bible says, though. First of all, worshiping of anything other than God, the creator, is a sin, period. All right, that's in the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, verse 3 through 5. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So making an image of Jesus on a cross to revere, to bow down to, to kiss, to pray to, to light candles in front of, or to worship in any way is a sin. Having rosary beads that you revere, serve, pray over, a necklace, a picture of Mary that you bow down in front of or perform a ritual for, the sign of the cross every time you pass in front of it because you revere it or the person it represents, that is a sin that is bowing down to something else that is making a graven image or a likeness. And that is having another God before God, the father, the creator of the universe, God, the father, Jesus Christ and the Holy spirit are one God. So let's go over that again really quick, but straight from the Bible. Deuteronomy six, four says hero Israel, the Lord, our God is one Lord. It's repeated again in Mark by Jesus himself. Mark twelve twenty nine. Also in John, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. 
So he's saying Jesus and the Father are one. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How can you say then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So there's the Trinity, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, and God the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, we know that Jesus is God. He said it himself. But let's look at a couple verses. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. If you continue reading through the rest of the chapter, he says that that light is Jesus Christ. So that is John chapter 1. Now, that's awesome because it also explains there that Jesus Christ was in the beginning creating the world with God the Father. Let's look at 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son has the Father also. The Son and the Father are the same. Jesus Christ is God. All right, then what did the Catholic Church say about the church? Well, the first instance of the use of the word church, uh, the Greek word is ekklesia. It means called out ones, and Jesus used it in Matthew 16. So let's start in verse 15. He says unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's the word church. I will build my church. Continuing in verse 19, he says, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. So number one, the Catholic Church uses this to say that Peter was the first pope. And they can trace their lineage from pope to pope to pope, like Peter designated the next pope, and that one designated the next pope, and that was the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church all the way up to the current pope. So we're direct descendants of Peter, so the church has authority, and the church was given keys to the kingdom of heaven. All right, that's a whole bunch of bogus stuff, but here's why. Jesus did not say he would build his church 
on the rock of Peter. So Jesus was merely continuing the conversation. Simon Peter's answer about who do, who do you say that I am was, thou art Christ. Jesus' response to Simon Peter saying, you are Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus replied with, you're right, and on this rock will I build my church. Christ is the rock, the cornerstone. Just because the name Peter in Greek is Petra, the same as the word rock, Peter's name literally meant rock, does not mean that Jesus was saying he would build his church on Peter. Okay. And then he did not give Peter heavenly keys that he could pass down to other bishops. He was using a metaphor. He clearly stated in verse 19 and 20 that whatever all the disciples did, what they claimed on earth, what they bound on earth and what they did had spiritual supernatural significance. They were the apostles of Jesus Christ and God gave them power, not literal keys, but he was letting them know that they had access to the throne room of God and to heaven and they were able to do miracles through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So it has nothing to do with building the church on a pope like the Catholic Church tries to say. So this church that he's talking about, Jesus was going to build and he was going to use the 12 disciples to spread the message throughout the world. And then Jesus would use his death on the cross, his burial and his resurrection and his ascension back into heaven and the things that he taught as the cornerstone of this church that would last for ages. So if you look at Psalm 18 too, it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength and whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. If you look at that description, it's all through the Old Testament that God is the rock that we stand on. So Jesus was claiming that for himself. When you read the Bible, it's very clear that Jesus Christ is the rock of the church. 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Straight out of the Bible, Christ is the rock, the solid rock. So the church is not supposed to be a specific group of people led by any one person or pope or priest or whatever. We are supposed to be a remnant from every tribe and tongue and nation across the earth for, for all time that Jesus has saved to be the bride of Christ at the marriage supper of the Lamb when he comes back for the thousand-year reign of Christ. Jesus is the author and finisher of faith, not a pope, not the church. All right, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. God is the only one involved in our faith. There's nobody else there. No church, no person, no priest, no mentor, no mother or father. The only one involved in our faith, in our salvation, is Jesus Christ. And keep in mind that God did not even give the 12 apostles special privileges. God is not a respecter of persons. 
Romans 2.11 says, For there is no respect of persons with God. There is no go-between between God and, and individual humans. You don't have to go to confession. You don't have to have a priest. There, there is no man that is holy enough to be a go-between for us and God. There's no woman either, not Mary. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. If there was supposed to be someone who prays for us and helps us get saved like Mary, then don't you think that Bible verse right there would have said, there is one God and one mediator between God and men and his helper is Mary? I mean, wh- why, where, do you, where do people get the idea that we can just pick someone in the Bible and claim that they are something that the Bible does not claim they are? The church is not endowed with some holiness. They are not God on earth. The church is not involved in the sacrament of salvation. Acts 4.10 says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, but that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe on thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. No mention of baptism, no mention of being a member of the Catholic Church, no mention of the Holy Sacrament, no mention of Mary, No mention of anything other than Jesus Christ. Now, the Catholic Church believes in Mary, right? Well, we've already covered that, that we should not have other gods. God's not a respecter of persons. There's no mandate to revere a single person in the Bible, except Hebrews 11, which talks about the great men of faith that have gone before you. That doesn't mention Mary. Don't you think it would if we were supposed to revere her? Listen, salvation is only through Jesus Christ. Nobody else has any part in it. John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, period. He doesn't say, but by me and my mother. He doesn't say, but by me and the church that I have built on this rock. He he doesn't say any of that. He says, but by me. Now, do we believe Jesus Christ or don't we? Jesus said unto me, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if you add something to that, you are saying Jesus Christ left something out, a sin of omission. He omitted a fact, something that we need for salvation. Or he deliberately deceived us and didn't tell us. If you say that, then you are saying Jesus is not God. I follow the sacraments, or I follow the church, or I follow the mother Mary of Jesus. Well, where does Mary get all of her accolades in the Roman Catholic church? All of it comes from the fact that she gave birth, had virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Well, if Jesus Christ is not God, then that invalidates all the worth of Mary. So now your faith in Mary is nothing. Why do you even read the Bible? If you know that Jesus is a liar and doesn't tell you the whole truth, you go down that road where you start adding things to the Bible, then you have zero reason for your faith. You either believe the Bible or you don't. You either believe that Jesus is God and that he always told the truth and that he is holy and perfect or you don't. So in summary, the Catholic Church has it partially right. They state that they believe in a trinity, that God is God, 
the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They attribute holiness to the, t- the church, which Jesus never claimed. Then they claim that they alone are that holy church and that you cannot attain salvation without being a part of them. So this ascribes God-likeness to their version of church, and this ascribes God-like abilities specifically to the bishops or the humans that they choose to rule over you and to interpret the Bible for you instead of trusting the Holy Spirit. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Holy Spirit is supposed to help you discern the Bible and interpret the Bible, not other people. They also claim that salvation comes only through the Holy Catholic Church, not solely through Christ. And they attribute godlike powers to Mary and make her another God to pray to and to pray through. They call her sinless. Remember, Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned. So again, either the Bible is lying to you, in which case, why do you believe it? Or it's true, and Mary was a sinner. The Catholic Church says that Mary has a role in your salvation. They say that Jesus was born and died with her consent, as if she was more powerful than God. They call her the Queen of Heaven. They make her a goddess. So the conclusion is, on the doctrine of God, the Catholic Church says one thing, that there is one God, while simultaneously worshiping at least two other gods of their own making, the Holy Catholic Church and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Because they get that wrong, they also get the doctrine of salvation wrong and teach that works, the seven sacraments administered by the church, are part of salvation, and that salvation is not only through Jesus, but also a work of Mary, who they claim is the mother of all who participates in bringing us all to salvation. Now, here's the the important thing. Because they quote the correct scriptures about who God is and that he is the only way to salvation, it is quite possible that Catholics who hear that can become believers because they're hearing the word of God, despite the other false doctrines of the church. It is important when you talk to Catholics and other believers that you tell people that they themselves need to read the Bible and listen to the Holy Spirit, not rely on man. Mankind is sinful. All have sinned. The Pope, bishops, pastors, your mentor, your mother or father. Everyone is a sinner. And when you rely on a human being for their faith and knowledge of God, you can get false information. You can end up believing things about God that are not true. You can end up believing in the false God. You can end up worshiping a false God. Acts 17.11 The Bereans, these, were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Paul himself said, You are a more noble person If you listen to my preaching and you go home and you open up the Bible and you read it for yourself to make sure that I am telling you the truth, the Catholic Church teaches the opposite. That how dare you go home and search the the Bible and try and interpret it for yourself. You should just blindly accept whatever the church leaders tell you that is contrary to the Bible encourage others to read the Bible, especially if a Catholic says that they believe the Bible is the word of God, then get them to read it and get them to understand that. Acts 17.11 is very important. We will cover more on the Catholic Church over the next couple of uh, podcast episodes. And until next time, may God bless you all.